subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. All right, let's welcome in our friend Richard Davenport now to the program this morning. Richard, I know uh, people are excited to see a night game coming up in Donald's W. Reynolds Raceback Stadium next weekend, but they're a little uh, disappointed. Uh, Cordy Crutchfield, Pine Bluff wide receiver, four-star. I want to say he's the highest-rated recruit in this class, decommitted during the Arkansas-Florida game. Well, what's the latest on on him and the possibility maybe him recommitting and signing with Arkansas? Well, he's supposed to be at the game on Saturday, so that's very promising. Uh, uh, he obviously, uh, you know, reopened uh, just – it is about uh, – I mean, you know, if we're getting technical, uh, I think he announced it about 11.56 or something like that. And, but uh, kind of a little bit of odd timing, but, uh, you know, uh, I think sometimes uh, – People forget that these kids are, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, and and they they may not even know uh, what time kickoff is. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> it, it is what it is. But uh, I, I just tend to think that uh, you know, at the end of the day, if uh, Arkansas continues to recruit him hard and uh, and shows him love, I think he'll end up being a Razorback. But uh, you know, you never know. I, I know uh, Missouri, LSU, and. Tennessee, you're still uh, still recruiting him, so we'll see. I just have to see how it goes uh, from here. I wonder from Kenny Guyton's perspective, who's a wide receiver coach by trade, has lately been calling plays for Arkansas. With everything on his plate and him losing, quote-unquote, one of his guys, I mean, how, how much time does he have to still talk with him and others uh, during the midst of this change that he has in Fayetteville? Yeah, obviously his uh, his uh, his schedule, his uh, time is uh, is definitely a, a little bit more uh, you know tied up. But uh, you know, you, you, right now you, you you have to do what you have to do to you know keep the class and uh, and recruit others uh, to Arkansas. So uh, uh, they did communicate with him after the game, uh, talking about Courtney and uh, Coach Guyton and uh, Coach uh, Pittman. Uh, so. Uh, I think uh, that scored some points uh, with him uh, to, that they reached out to, as soon as after the game was was uh, over. They uh, you know communicated with him, so I think that that helped uh, get him up to Fayetteville this weekend. I mean, at least he's supposed to be coming. Uh, uh, but uh, anyway, I, I just tend to think that uh, you know he's always wanted to be a Razorback, and and uh, I just tend to think that if. Uh, things go well with him in Arkansas that, you know, he, he'll be back in the fall. You mentioned Missouri there. Cause I read some things around, you know, you know, Missouri has been on this, this kid and, and, and after his talents seems like um, their staff and with their head coaches ties to this state, they've really been working hard on a lot of the same kids inside our state borders that the Razorbacks are on. Yeah. Uh, they, they, uh, they definitely uh, hit up, uh, you know, 
several kids and offer several kids uh, usually each each year from the state, and uh, they get they got a commitment from uh, one of Courtney's uh, 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 teammates, uh, Austin uh, Denny, who's a, a, a pretty good prospect uh, in, in itself, but. Uh, uh, they 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 do uh, do a good job of uh, you know recruiting guys that maybe even Arkansas is not even going to uh, uh, offer. That's what they did last year. They offered uh, Jordan Jordan Harris, who's also uh, a kid uh, from uh, Pine Bluff, a tight end that uh, Arkansas didn't extend an offer offer to. Uh, so uh, you know there there are some former teammates up there. So that. That's probably uh, one of the reasons why you know they're they're, they're somewhat attractive. I guess, uh, and, and obviously, this is what you do, so you follow it uh, intently. This is the only waffling or decommit or any kind of uh, fracture Sam's had to this point, right? With this with this commits. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, obviously, things could change uh, as soon as uh, as soon as they get off the phone. But uh, as of now, he's the only one. Uh, and, 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 and I should also mention, I mean, one of the reasons, one of the other reasons is just, uh, the uncertainty of the staff. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. that, uh, kind of played in, played a role in, into this. So, uh, you know, it, it, again, uh, if they're back, uh, I think, uh, I think he's probably a Razorback, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Richard Davenport with us on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Richard, Tommy got to ref Walker White last week, and he's a kid that has really grown in athleticism and stood out. He's committed to Auburn right now. We got a text from BG and Rogers. Why do you think Arkansas lost out on Walker Light, at least to this point? He seems firmly committed to the Tigers and Hugh Freeze. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, each, uh, each staff, each coach, has to make a decision whether or not to, to recruit a young man. Uh, Kendall Browse was uh, more uh, on uh, Malachi Singleton. He he, he and uh, wasn't as high on uh, Walker White, and obviously that uh, uh, you know opened the door for other people, including Auburn, to to get in, in into the mix. And that was uh, and and I, I wrote about it. Uh, uh, talked to. Uh, Walker before he made the commitment and, and obviously published it after he, he made the commitment public to Auburn that uh, that was one of the reasons. I mean, there was no hard feelings. It was just that uh, Coach Browse made the decision to to uh, focus on uh, Malachi Singleton and, and he and 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 Walker was very mature about it, saying that uh, he understood and you know it, that that that. You know, he had to pick his his guy, and and his guy was Malachi, and 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 he understood that you know he he probably needed to look elsewhere. So uh, that's uh, that was that's that's the main reason. Richard, you sent me a stat last week talking about this twenty four class. Now, with again, you have Crutchfield uh, defecting at this point. We'll see how much that changed, but uh, really neck and neck with Tennessee, uh, a good in state class. Uh, you went all the way back to two thousand and ten. Uh, how how full right now is this class of 2024 and just perspective watch the rest of the SEC how full sorry how like comparable is it to the rest of the conference oh comparable okay yeah like you said i mean it basically you know if you if you look at the stats from on 3 and the average prospect uh, rating uh arkansas and tennessee is right there uh, tennessee is like 100th uh, 
100th point, uh, uh, you know, more than Arkansas. So let's just say that they're basically even. So they, they would basically be tied for seventh best in the SEC, and it would be the second best. It, it, now, that's with Crutchfield. If, if uh, Crutchfield came back, back on board, uh, it would be the second best, all t- not, not all time, be the second best recruiting class as far as in-state kids uh, since 2010. The only other class that, that would be better would be 2016 when Mattel Aguim was a five-star, and that, that was a big jump uh, for that class just because he was a five-star as far as average prospect rating. So, uh, again, if uh, Crutchfield comes back on board, uh, it would be the second best in State Hall uh, since 2010. And, uh, so it, it, it it's a, it, it's a very good class. Uh, I think we've all always mentioned it, especially with the defensive line guys, uh, uh, Charleston Collins. He's actually the highest rated according to, uh, uh, on three at, on uh, the uh, industry ranking average. He's the highest rated. And then, uh, Courtney Crutch- Crutchfield is second. And then you have, uh, Kavion Henderson who, uh, Turned down Alabama to be a Razorback, uh, uh, at least uh, verbally. Uh, he, he's he's highly rated, and then you got Braylon Russell. Uh, he, he's he's uh, he's highly rated too. So uh, overall, the class is uh, you know very comparable to the SEC. Uh, and you know, I think uh, South Carolina had the surprisingly had the highest uh, prospect average. Yeah. Richard Davenport with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Home game at three, home game at six thirty. As time is going over earlier, then you got the Thanksgiving weekend and the game on Friday. Uh, for some, they'll still be playing high school football playoffs. For others, it's a holiday weekend. How does that change things from from a visit standpoint? Uh, is playing that game on Friday help or hurt? And uh, just it, being the holiday weekend, does it limit the number of people that can visit? If so, how much pressure is that put on trying to get kids on campus this weekend and next? Yeah, I think the I think the Friday could could hurt them a little bit. I mean, I really haven't uh, dived into into it very heavily, but you, you think about uh, especially the moms. The moms uh, want, wants to focus on you know, usually wants to focus on family during the holidays, and and they they may be out of state, uh, you know, visiting with family, and, and instead of you know, maybe jumping in the car on a Saturday morning and, and headed, heading to, uh, to a game, uh, you know, you're asking them to, to do that on a Friday and that may, that may not, uh, uh go well with mom. So, uh, I, I, I would tend to think maybe Saturday would be better, but at the same time, the plus there is there's just not as many games on Friday there are on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I think that's rivalry weekend, is it? A rivalry I weekend think. college football? Yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I... Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, Richard, I, come on. It's the battle line rivalry. I mean... Yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I'm about half a, half awake. Yeah. Here. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean... It, I, I, so, I mean, there's some pluses and there, there's some minuses uh, playing on Friday. So, it's... it's uh, yeah, they still have usually a, a good uh, amount of kids uh, there on, on Fridays. Well, Richard, we'll leave it there this morning, man. We appreciate you making some time for us. State playoffs starting high school football this weekend. Arkansas, of course, hosting Auburn. We'll get into some other stuff with you next week, okay? Sounds good. See you guys. All right, so 
Arkansas hosts Auburn this weekend at 3 o'clock. Got a chance to hear from K.J. Jefferson and Bo Limmer, Jaheim Thomas, and Chris Paul last night. Here's what K.J. was talking about, being back home and getting the respect back from fans after the Florida win. It's a big deal, uh, just being able to come back to the state of Arkansas and just play in front of our fans. I mean, they've been dedicated. They've been uh, loyal to us, and we just want to be able to go out there and just put on a great show for them, for the fans, and gain respect back from them. I mean, kind of got a little bumpy and stuff, so we just want to be able to go out there and just play a, a great game, get the fans a show, and uh, make sure that we're back on top and that our home crowd is still behind us. So you mentioned modern gun season being this weekend that's an event for a lot of members of our state and a lot of people will be in the deer woods maybe some of you went on the youth hunt this past weekend how much do you think that changed people like on the fence about coming now they're going to come out after the the florida win at this point give them a reason to actually be in fayetteville at donald w reynolds Razorback stadium your hardcore hunter is going to stay at camp because he's going to sit on his stand all morning long Maybe, maybe take a break for lunch if he doesn't take beef jerky and sit on the stand. Depends on if there's anything moving. And they're going to be back before sunset. So the hardcore guy, which is, you know, a good chunk of guys that deer hunt that put a lot of effort and time into it, they're not coming to the game. Wouldn't matter if they were play, playing the Dallas Cowboys. They're not going to be there. Um, for some that are in and around Northwest Arkansas, maybe they're taking a kid or a grandkid. They're going to go that morning. Yeah, that, that may help. But you better be within an hour, hour and a half drive probably to make that a possibility. I just... Is it a chunk of your crowd? Yes. Will there be more than half a million Arkansans somewhere in a, in a tree stand or in the deer woods this weekend across the state? Yes. But I don't know that it's going to have, you got 75,000 seats, 76,000 seats. Does it affect 10% of your crowd? The ones that normally, go to, that yeah. normally go to games, you know, they're, they're going to yeah. put that to the forefront. Yeah. So, I, I mean, is it a factor? Yes. But I don't know that it's, you know, half your stadium. Let's not let's not get carried away with what it means. But I can tell you this, and, and Chuck can confirm this when he's with us tomorrow. It'll be the largest radio audience of the year because a lot of guys will be sitting in that tree stand listening to ESPN Arkansas, keeping up with the game. So Chuck and Quinn will have more ears and earbuds on their uh, broadcast this weekend than any other week of the year. 870 text on the McCarty Daniel hotline saying there's a cold front moving yeah. in. So I bet people, huh, that's a, a big factor again for this weekend. Now, the, the hunter would tell you it's not going to be cold enough. They, you you want to get them in the rut and get them moving. And, uh, you know, right now, uh, probably too warm. Arkansas just released a, a game video recap of the Florida win. And one of the, the things that was caught in the clip is Sam Pittman saying it's about the team that wants it more. And a lot of you feel like that Arkansas wanted that game more on Saturday than Florida did. Looking at this matchup where Hugh Freeze has an opportunity to get bowl eligible in the 10th game of the season. That will be bowl eligible the following week because they're playing one of those cupcake games we talked about. Arkansas is playing from the, the standpoint of the bowl eligibility factor that you've got to win this game to stay alive to this point in time. Who is this game more important to? Is it Freeze in year one? Or is it Pittman trying to, again, add to the talent, still finish the job down the stretch? No question. It's quit Pittman. That's, not, that's easy. Uh, that doesn't even take... You know, Freeze won't get fired if yeah. he loses this game, but Pittman might. Yeah, when you lose, you know, and he doesn't have a quarterback yet. He's got to get that. I mean, there's a, you know, he's in year one. No one's on the hot seat generally, unless you go 0 and 12. You're not in the hot seat year one. So Pittman right now needs to, to salvage something. I don't think he has to win all three. I don't think he has to get to a bowl game. Um, he's already made staff changes. So we know the next staff change, if something doesn't work out, you just, you just can't go 0 and 3 down the stretch. That's what can happen. Is that what he, what Christian just said? 
has that conversation been been eliminated from the Florida win? The idea that he could be let go after this year? No, you lose you lose the all three of these and look bad doing it, and I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I but I just don't I just don't I don't see the scenario playing out where Sam Pippen's not your head coach next year mm-hmm. because a I don't think you're going zero and three, and and I don't think you're going to look bad in all three of these games because you haven't really looked bad all year. You've lost games and you haven't been able to run the football. But when you look at offense, defense, special teams, they they haven't had a you know a day uh, a performance similar to what we saw under Morris, where it was just an embarrassing performance stem to stern. That hasn't been what this football team has uh, has been about. The scenarios that I think are going to play out are as follows: I think if Arkansas wins this weekend, they'll win out, and then I think if they lose this weekend, they'll only beat Florida National, lose Missouri. I only think there's two scenarios. I legitimately think if they win this weekend, they'll win the rest. They lose this weekend, they'll beat FIU and then lose to Missouri. That's the only way I see this playing out the rest of the year. The train's going to get rolling. That's what you're saying. Like if they can get, so going to get rolling, yeah. or it's going to be a little, a, a slight win next week. Who cares? And then next week, it's. I think this is a bigger game for Kenny Guyton than it is for Sam Pittman. I think that's a fair argument. To I me. mean, when we can talk about, I, I just don't think Sam's on nearly as hot a seat as some would hope he maybe is. I think he's your head coach next year. I don't think the the program, from a stability standpoint, needs to be talking or thinking about change. Now, change within your offensive coaching staff and leadership there, yes. And that someone brought this up. Might have been you. I don't remember who brought this up, but uh, it's a, it was a well made point that uh, so probably wasn't you, Ty. Uh, <laughs> and then that was funny. Um, that Sam deserves credit for the overhaul on the defensive side. Now. That was me, actually. But uh, was it? Yeah. Should, oh. Review the tape. I don't think it was. Hey, but he does deserve credit for yeah. the staff he hired on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Now, can he make a similar change of similar quality on the offensive side? Some would argue you need to revamp and look at some things on the offensive line. We don't know enough whether or not Cody Kennedy needs to go. I don't think he's coaching the wrong technique. I just don't think he has good enough players compared to other SEC offensive lines, and they got to fix that. Yeah. But, you know... Changes definitely have to be made on the offensive side. You're probably going to hire a wide receivers coach or or a quarterback coach. Uh, if Kenny Guyton, you know, moves around, you have to figure that out. He talked about that, which position he would coach. So thinks it stays. There's got to be an upgrade in the quality of what you're getting on the offensive side. But I think what gets lost in the record conversation and the focus on the offense is this defense has been damn good. The special teams have been really good. People say this is a terrible team. It's not a terrible team. It's a good team with an anemic offense that's been just good enough to lose close. They're not a horrible team. They've just got a bad offense right now that they're trying to fix, and they look better against Florida. But better is relative to how bad you looked the first eight games, not necessarily compared to everyone else because they didn't exactly set the world on fire at Florida. Yeah. Greg texted on the McCarty-Daniel hotline saying Travis Williams, of course, went to Auburn, coached at Auburn for a little bit. We mentioned Joshua Braun, how important that game was to him and him doing the gator jump at the end of the game after Tyron Broden caught that touchdown and seeing his emotions after was self-evidence of that. For Travis Williams, again, to go up and hopefully beat your alma mater this week, and I know it was weighing on him a lot. The good thing is Payne Thorne and that offense aren't great, right? This isn't just an explosive Cam Newton, Nick Marshall-led offense. This is a team that's been very inconsistent on that side of the football. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he has his work cut out for him, and hopefully Thorne's a dangerous runner. You can't let him get loose, but hopefully they'll be able to stone an offense. Jarquez Hunter's a good running back. They've got some okay wide receivers. They should should be able to have some success this weekend against the Tigers. There's no reason to believe they won't. 
I mean, based on what they've done. Now, what is success? Well, to me, success is anytime you can keep a team in the low 30s or the 20s in total points. In, in modern football, that's success. Mm-hmm. And they've done better than that at times. Yeah. You know, they just didn't have an offense to keep up. I mean, so, uh, you know, even against, you know, Jaden Daniels, what was that, 30, 34, 34, 34 31? 31. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me, that's a good job. Maybe not great, but but good. He, he held him about for 20, 25 minutes yeah. in that game, and then he started to do what he's done to every team this season is light them up. I don't. Them or Ole Miss is the best offense you play. Yeah. I'm, I'm not and sure. And they which shut one. out Ole Misses, I think, 27 yeah. to 20. They actually Dart had a bad game that game. All right, let's go back to the McCarty Daniel hotline where Eddie is this point. Eddie, you got about 40 seconds, man. Go ahead. Let her rip. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> you know what? I'm still pumped. After this big win, you know, we've taken a good teams into the swamp before and never won. It's huge for a lot of reasons. It keeps both hopes alive. Come Saturday, I know it's a uh, second Saturday in November, and we're going to be on the near stands a lot of Arkansans. But I say let's go back at stadium as much as we can, bring our passion, bring our Wu-Tang three, and let's think of the Auburn Tigers, a big bowl of all to the league. Because I'm going to tell you this, to go to a bowl three years in a row, to me, is huge. And now, you, you look at that performance against Mississippi State, uh, my, you win this game Saturday, I believe you're right, Ty. We're going to win out. Eddie, appreciate the call. I that's hope how you're I, right. Uh, that's how I truly feel. They lose on Saturday. They'll lose to Missouri, beat FIE. They win on Saturday. I honestly think they'll win out and be bowl eligible this year. Thanksgiving dinner will be memorable this year at the historic Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in Hot Springs. Thursday, November 23rd from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the Venetian Dining Room. You'll have a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required. Must have credit card to hold reservations. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, so we have a big week in high school football. High school playoffs start this week. I know that's an excitement level for a lot of fans. I've forgotten, Tommy, There's we have eight-man football in our state. 
Yeah, I, yeah. It's, not, it's, it's relatively new, but um, but yeah, I mean they have you know they'll play their playoffs and down. I don't know how many teams that 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 list is growing as um, you know schools that struggle to have enough kids to effectively play eleven on eleven. You know, go to that. And it's a good alternative for for schools that you know just don't have enough football population. Let's, let's give some A-man football teams some credit. All so right. you got Rector. Against Woodlawn, all right. This, uh, this Friday, you've got Mount Pine against I- Izzard County. We used to play Izzard County in basketball at Harding Team Camp. That's how I know them. It's up there, uh, Melbourne's in Izzard County, I believe. The Strong Bulldogs against Augusta. I know okay. Strong's mascot, and then Brinkley against Spring Hill. Those are the eight-man football team competition matchups right. this week. Have you ever watched eight-man football? I've I, never. I actually... have. I've I've refereed one game years ago in Oklahoma that was eight-man, and uh, was it, it hard? I mean, it's been twenty. It's just it's different. I mean, because the line of scrimmage, the, the numbering. I don't remember a, a lot about it, mm-hmm. but uh, no, I uh, since Arkansas brought in, we have uh, we have not done that. So the big, we'll go from the the smaller schools to the big dogs. The seven A classification. Fayetteville's on a bye this week. Drake Lindsay's been fantastic. They're undefeated, right? They have yeah. not lost. Yeah, they've been awesome. We got a text about him earlier. Yeah, yeah you're one uh, and two seeds have buys in six and seven eight. This I wonder week. how often they have an extra man on the field. Would it be an eight man football? It's literally eight man football. Nine men on the field. Yeah, on the offense. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Jonesboro at Southside. Tommy, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's the setup this Long week. Long trip. Conway's on a bye uh, yep. this weekend. Uh, ben Bill West against Northside. Yep. Uh, Bryant's also on a bye. That's an uh, interesting game, uh, Bentonville West, so uh, at Northside. Uh, the fighting Derek Ruskins. Rogers, the Mounties, taking on the charging Wildcats of North Little Rock. Look for Rogers to make some noise in the playoffs. They've been a really good team. They've kind of like the Razorbacks. They lost a lot of close games this year. Rogers is a good football team. Bentonville is on a bye, and then you have yep. Cabot. Uh, the Panthers against Springdale Harbor, the Wildcats. Yep. So that's the uh, that's the seven A matchups. And I, I, you know, coaches will tell you different things. These buys, some some like them. If you got a player injured, they're great. A lot of these coaches I've talked to, they they don't prefer the buy. Get you out of your routine. Yeah. And I promise you, when we look up a week from Friday and look at the scores that Friday night, there'll be a, there'll be a team or two that got buys that'll probably get beat. They just they have not always. Uh, you know, been the advantage of the of the teams that earned those throughout the year. So should I worry about Lerock Christian being on a bye this week? Well, the I'm just saying it, it. Coaches, you know, coaches get paranoid about a lot of things, but there's, you know, just getting out of the routine, not playing. It, it's it's something that seems to slip up on someone every year. Okay, so we'll we'll do one more classification and we'll jump into some more in the eight o'clock hour. Bidden is on a bye for six A. Uh, Greenbrier at Searcy is a 6 mm-hmm. game this weekend. Little Rock Christian is on a bye. Uh, West Memphis against Van Buren. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a game this Where's weekend. Where's that game at? Um, Greenwood's on, or Van Buren's on the bottom, so I'm assuming it's Van Buren. Well, no, I think in, in those brackets, I think it's the top team. Is it the, the yeah. top team that's the home team? That, by, by is there a longer trip in the state? For West Van- Memphis to Van. I mean, both are border towns. Yeah, that is a far. East to West. There's, there's probably not a further trip being made by a team this weekend. Well, all the pointers kids will be uh, ecstatic because they don't. They'll get to leave class really early. They won't. <laughs> stay, they won't stay the night on they Thursday. Leave will they? Wednesday. Yeah, okay. and they leave the day. I don't. I don't know what their plans would be. Greenwood's on a bye. Uh, Catholic is hosting Mountain Home. The Bombers. Uh, Marion is on a bye, and then uh, Plasky Academy is hosting El Dorado this weekend. That is the uh, the setup for the 6A. PA, it's been a while since PA's not uh, 
getting the buy. What I look, I think this is right. I think Pulaski Academy is on Greenwood side, and then you have Little Rock Christian on the other I'll side. I'll be interested to see that 6A West versus the 6A East and how that pans out. Benton is thought to be really good. I don't think they've lost a game since the Salt Bowl. Was it Braylon Russell's their running back that uh, Arkansas commit? Arkansas commits. So that'll be a team to keep an eye on. And to see how the 6 West, because you got, like I said, Greenwood, Little Rock Christian, PA, your one, two, three seeds in that league. Um, wouldn't be surprised at all to see all three of those teams get to the semifinals. I think it's, uh, uh, you know, three very good football teams right there. Yep. So that is, the again, the setup for some high school games in the state this weekend, football-wise, and it concludes, is the first weekend of December? Is that the state it's championship? First two weekends. You've first got, two weekends. And it's, okay. it's different because of the size of the classifications, um, but uh, I think they play... Four, uh, I, I'd have to look at it. It's not. It used to be th- uh, three and three, and I think it's four and two now. The first two weekends, but no, it'd be the the second weekend in December will conclude the state championship. Yep. So uh, I think there's four games that first weekend and two the second. If so I right. between and you had brought this up. So Fayetteville, like I just said, is on a bye. So those that are converging on Northwest Arkansas this weekend, you've got a basketball game on Friday night, Bud mm-hmm. Walton, a soccer NCAA tournament game at Razorback Field, a football game at three o'clock on Saturday. I want to say there's an event on yeah. Sunday. Good too, thing man. Fayetteville's on the bye because all three of those, uh, the basketball and soccer event, and if Fayetteville was at home, all of those are within 200 yards of each yeah. other as far as locations and uh, parking. They all share some parking together. So that, uh, you know, it's probably, uh, they're probably thankful that the Bulldogs earned that bye and here if in I, Fayetteville. If I had to guess with Fayetteville hosting the following weekend, I'm going to mm-hmm. guess that soccer team is, is going to advance and potentially play that next weekend. So that could be a Friday night, Friday night where a lot of people were in that specific I area. I think the Hogs, though, I don't have the basketball schedule printed out, but I believe they're off that following Friday okay. in advance of that trip to... Um, I may be wrong about that. Let me look at that, but I believe that's right. So you got Gardner Webb this weekend, and uh, <laughs> Coach Mus, y'all, y'all listened to me a couple weeks ago. I'd lost my voice. It was really funny to hear the discourse between him and Chuck initially last night. I don't recall, Coach, if we've done a show the night after a game. I know you did a lot of yelling last night. And, I'm going to uh, do my best tonight. Yeah, I can uh, <laughs> just, just, just so we can get that out of the way. We've all lost our voice at mm. some point in time. I'm a honey, and I don't drink tea. But I, I can't remember what listener recommended to me a while. But if I if my voice is just gone, I'll do honey tea. Do you have a remedy that you go by if you lose your voice? You know, it happens when I get like the, the sinuses and the drainage. I don't generally lose my voice a lot. But I, I, so I do I have a go to remedy? No, rest and don't talk. Mm-hmm. But uh, has fortunately, knock on wood, hadn't had to deal with that a lot. You were looking up. Did you find it? Well, hang on. There, there are mobile websites. Not as easy to uh, maneuver on schedule. I always just so. do uh, go the Yahoo route to this point. Well, Musk also touched on not just losing his voice coaching the night before. And by the way, Eric Musselman Live is next Tuesday as well with them having another Monday game. But here is what he said about Arkansas being preseason ranked uh, third. In, I'm sorry, they do play UNC Greensboro on the that 17th. Next, that yeah. next Friday? So, okay. um, yeah, because it's Friday for you. I'm yeah, going to that game. I they've forgot got, about that. Uh, Gardner-Webb this Friday, Old Dominion, and then it is UNC Greensboro. Yeah, so, and they'll take on... Like, that's a 7 o'clock game that Friday. Yeah, must touch on Gardner-Webb a little bit. But he also just talked about the team overall, kind of where they're at preseason, third picked in the SEC, top 15 in the AP. Here's what he said about those rankings, and it's kind of just more for talk radio. Preseason rankings, first month of the season, top 25, top 20, whatever. 
you really don't know. The rosters all across the country are changing or have changed, and it's just too hard to tell. But it's good for the fans. It's good for talk radio. It's good for media. And it generates interest if, in fact, you can be one of those teams that, that is one of the top-ranked teams in the country. So you never want your team to to underestimate anybody or or to, I mean, I don't know what word you, I don't want them to feel too good about themselves. That was funny at the end, but he's very complimentary of Gardner Webb during the course of the broadcast last night, which you can always listen to on ESPN Arkansas and hit that line.com. Tommy Auburn played Baylor last night. I didn't get a chance. Christian, you watched it. A yeah, little I think bit. Auburn had a pretty sizable lead at one point and I just was figured, all right, they're going to probably hang on, but you said... Baylor came back and yeah, won. Yeah, 88 to 82, I think was the final. When do you jump into SEC basketball? It's it's one thing to be in Arkansas basketball. When do you jump into watching the other teams so you can get an idea yeah. of what Arkansas is going to have face? It's like conference play, basically. A little bit in December, there's a game worth watching. Um, more so late December, January, and early January when conference play begins. Okay. He was, Musk was talking about. Last night, again, expectations and stuff like you just heard with those preseason rankings. My expectation, based on the number of minutes that you have on the roster that have played college basketball, is I think this team is going to be more like years three and two under Muss than last year when you had six freshmen on the roster. Three were heavy contributors. You lost Trevin Brazil for the season, Nick Smith for a good chump of the year. Barring injury, especially on that front line, which is a little concerning. I think it's a little little thinner than it needs to be. I think this team has a better chance of being a top dog in the SEC, like two and three. I don't know if they're necessarily... I don't think, and people have said this, that they'll go on that must run. This team is built based on experience to start that run way earlier mm-hmm. in potentially non-conference they play. They have to. Yeah. Based on who they're playing, they, you know, I, I know that the E word with that Purdue game is one you you like to avoid, and, that, and they should because I think they prepared for that game just like it was a January February okay. game. I think it was important for them to win. I don't think it was a win at all cost, but um, clearly they were playing at a level. Right now they're playing like a team. I mentioned this that you know, when you win by thirty four over Alcorn State, that's the kind of performance that teams that are one two three seeds in the tournament, you know, that's what you do. You go handle them and you crush them. Now it's November, it's not March, but long ways to go. But you don't have a choice. Uh, if you want to get your your net rankings where you want it to be, you want to have the quality wins on your resume, November's where you can really rack those up in the Bahamas and against Duke. You can go do a lot for your seeding and your resume this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of playmakers on this team as well. So if one or two of them aren't having a great night, yep. you can lean on some other guys and still get a win. So yeah. I think that's nice. Yeah, Tremont Mark has been solid in the exhibition games and then the game on uh, on on Monday night. And Caleb Battle didn't play great against Purdue, but he played great on Monday night. That, again, luxury that Musselman has, Christian, like you're talking about. And off about. the bench played great. Yes, and I, I think he's going to be a huge boost. You will win that category a lot of times this season, your bench points, yep. Tommy. And, um, you know, you're... I just believe, here's what I believe in more than anything, is Eric Musselman and his staff, and when they have 48 hours, 72 hours to get ready for somebody, they always have a game plan that, you know, even against the best teams, you're going to be in it. I don't know if they're going to beat Duke, but I know this, they're not going to get embarrassed. I know this, they're, they're going to have a game plan that probably diminishes the other team's best player. They always seem to do a good job with that. And they give themselves a chance to win. And the, because I, I just think the game planning and the halftime adjustments from this staff, we've seen it over and over and over, always seem to work. Doesn't mean you always win, 
but the plan and the adjustments work. And they don't always, here's the other thing I like, they don't always wait till halftime to make an adjustment. Why, why waste the last 15 minutes of a half? They see something's not working, you know, they've they've talked about it. They made adjustments during the half. That That's the sign of a great staff that's prepared. And I think the, uh, and I'm trying to find the, the schedule at that point, They the 24th, I think, is that Friday, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's the Friday. So you're giving us Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and a little bit of Wednesday prepared for Duke. We know how dominant he is when he's given a lot of time. That's something you have to factor in as well as his uh-huh. record when he's given more than... Somebody on the players. payroll's already started on that, yeah, I bet. that's what I was thinking. I bet you they've watched every Duke game to this point. They wouldn't. They won't admit it, but I guarantee you somebody's got that assignment. Yeah. Tyler texted in on the McCarty-Daniel hotline saying, I'm making it out like they're going all the way to Phoenix, Arizona for the Final Four. I, I don't necessarily know if I'm, I'm willing to go there yet, no. but I am excited about the experience aspect of this team relative to what you had last year. Chuck brought up the Elite Eight starters. I think 31 of the 32 guys were upperclassmen. This year's unit uh, looks, not only did he go after shooting, but he went after experience after they had a lot more youth on the team last year. No, Tyler, I mean, I don't think we're saying that they're going all the way and they're, they're a shoe-in for the Final Four. They're not that kind of team that is so dominant. Hey, you rank one or two in every poll. But what I will say is they've played their way as a program into the conversation of, of teams yeah. that he had to list 10 to 15 teams and you got all the national basketball pundits talking heads to, hey, give me your 15 most likely teams to make the Final Four. I think Arkansas is going to show up on several of those lists. They Even if they don't win the SEC, that's not the most paramount thing. You don't have to win the conference tournament. Which, by but the way, come, they, but come March, they always seem to have it put together to make a March run. We've seen that the last three years. Yeah, and either Muss or Ronnie mentioned this on Eric Musselman Live last night, that they're the only team in the SEC that's been the last three years of the SEC to the Sweet 16. Yeah. That's an important stat. Arkansas, under Muss, has not won the regular season SEC title and has not won the conference championship in Nashville or Tampa or wherever it's yeah. been. It wouldn't be and outlandish it, to think that we would go to the Final Four. Well, I mean, based on no, I mean you're, you're playing your way into the conversation where it's, yeah. it's a legitimate conversation. Now, you've got to get really lucky to make it to the Final no, Four. No you got to have you got to have the, the shots oh, yeah. go in on the right nights. you got to stay healthy. I mean, not you know the best team doesn't always win the national championship. The the four best teams never make the final four. Um, Perfect example last season. Yeah, I mean exactly. Um, can you even name? Can y'all name the four? Well, UConn won it, and then you had what Florida at Florida International. Then you had San Diego State, and who was the fourth? I'm missing the fourth. Miami, one. Miami, Florida, yeah. Florida Atlantic yeah. was the Florida other Atlantic. One. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, um, and UConn was the best of those teams, but no one considered UConn the best team going in. Yeah, Dan Hurley did but, a fantastic. But they job. played right at the. They played great at the right time, and that's the nature of this sport. And I think Arkansas is a team with the experience that. You know, I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but I think they're a team that has that potential. Yeah, I'll push this narrative selective Sunday. You want to be in Memphis for the first and second round. You want to be in Dallas for the Sweet 16. That's your best chance to Phoenix, Arizona for the Final Four. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! 
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So Cam Little got named the Lou Groza Star of the Week for the second time this year. It's from the Palm Beach County Sports Commission. Also got SEC Special Teams Co-Player of the Week. Matched his career high in field goals with four of them this past week. And Tommy, I learned during the uh, game broadcast that Bill Kuyper has him as his highest rated kicker. Now, Arkansas had some quality kickers over the years. You think about Todd Latterette, you think about Steve Little, Kendall Trainor, Ish Ordonia, Zach Hawker, Todd Wright. Um, but Kuyper, very high on the kid from Moore, Oklahoma. And they'll draft kickers now. You know, it used to be you just free, free agent signings, good to camp, earn a job, but uh, you're good enough, they'll, they'll spend a, a late round draft pick on you anymore and uh, you can have a long, who was that, uh, Grammatica, played into his 40s. Yeah. I mean, you can have a long, uh, there was a couple of Grammaticas, remember. You can, you can play the NFL for a long time if you can put them between the pipes. Yep, and Cam Little does exactly that. The fact that he's drilling 50-yard field goals with ease, he's only missed one 50-plus yard field goal this season for a college kicker. That's really impressive, considering we saw Florida's kicker miss it at the tail end, which allowed you to compete in overtime. I know, again, Cam's one of those guys that uh, gets mad at himself for every kick, and I know he probably still gets frustrated with that A&M kick a year or so ago, but you think about Baton Rouge as a true freshman, this past one against Florida, he's made several long kicks this season that have kept him in games that Pittman's confident even at 55 yards with this kid. Yeah, a lot of guys won't get a chance to kick four or five beyond 50. Coach, The coach isn't going to put them out there because they, they don't have that confidence, so yeah, he's a weapon. So, uh, I mean, I'm, hopefully he's someone that uh, when we're doing our pro hog update on Tuesdays, we're adding to the list down the road. When it comes to field goal attempts, I'm always a little nervous. I always feel like their kicker is going to miss it. But with Cam Little this year, I, I've reached a point where I'm like, I'm surprised if he misses. Yeah. Like, I, it took me a while to reach that point with him, but I'm there. I think he's. Uh, I think a lot of people feel that way when he gets up there. It's auto. It's not automatic per se because he's missed. Some, but again, it's uh, when you're rated by Mel Kuyper as the highest rated kicker in college football. Yeah. There's something to be said about they, that. They always remember your misses more than your makes. Yeah, so. it's part of it. Uh, congrats to Talia Scott in her freshman debut for Arkansas women's basketball was last night. That's where Phil and Z were. She had 29 points, 9 of 20 shooting, 9 of 13 from the free throw line. Uh, and their win, 81 to 76 over Louisiana Monroe. So, I mean, I think Friday is the screaming kids game, isn't it? Phil Ellison's Phil Ellison. I know yeah, Phil's, Phil's going to miss Friday's uh, halftime because, uh, or going to be late at least at best because the, uh, the screaming kids game. They had a little scare last night, though. I mean, they trailed at halftime. Um, uh, that was, uh, yeah. that was, and, and I saw Mike Neighbors after the game saying, hey, if it's, it was good we were tested, but I don't think that's exactly what he had in mind for a season opener at home was mm-hmm. UL Monroe giving him, uh, giving him, giving him a good ride yeah, there. That one is uh, ten thirty on Saturday, Tommy against Murray State. Phil Friday, Ellison's, Friday, right? Sorry, when I say Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday, Friday at ten thirty. Friday at ten thirty. Uh, Phil Elson's favorite game of the year. It's funny to hear that broadcast when I was doing halftime with him. He did. He does the show courtside, and you bring him in, and you just hear this like boom, like right when it starts with all those kids or whatever. So. 
uh, yeah, that will be the, the setup for Mr. Elson on Friday to this point. Uh, one more thing to get to. Ronnie Brewer was also on Eric Musselman Live last night. Of course, Ron, his father, part of the triplets, Ronnie, a legacy, and now a full-time assistant coach in Fayetteville. Uh, it's pretty cool that they they did that. So in the offseason, Tommy, they went the NCAA was originally allowing three uh, basketball assistants that are now at six. So Ronnie's now assistant. He's been named to that with Michael Musselman and uh, I think Keith, not Keith Lee, but I, I can't remember the other uh, coach's name off the top of my head. But it's cool to hear him talk about just kind of the legacy and being here in Fayetteville. I mean, it's been great. It's been a dream come true to be able to be on Coach Muss's staff. You know, I always say how blessed I am each and every day to go into work to learn from Coach Muss, his NBA experience. Not only do I learn from Coach Muss, but I get to learn from Coach Smart, who was also a head coach in the NBA. And it makes my job a lot easier because when I'm recruiting these guys, to be able to tell them we have the most NBA experience from any coaching staff in the United States, not selling them a lot. It's a true statement. You know, with the Coach Ruta coaching in the G League and Tommy Abenar, who's our video coordinator, he has experience in the NBA, as well as guys on our staff that has coaching in college. So we feel like we have one of the best staffs, and, you know, it's been a true blessing to be able to come back to my alma mater and, and be elevated as an assistant coach. Coach's name I was there talking about, Todd Levy. You think about Arkansas, now 11 guys in the NBA, on NBA rosters at this point. Stanley Moody had a really great game the other night for the Detroit Pistons. He had like four or five threes. So you're not ever going to be first, because I think Kentucky's got like 30-something, but mm-hmm. you're one of the top schools in the country with NBA players right now, and I would expect maybe one or two of these guys to maybe rank them a roster next year. Definitely Trevin Brazil. I think Ron Brewer has been uh, really, uh, Ronnie Jr. has been really key in getting some kids in and, and doing a good job with the recruiting and um, I've heard Musk talk about that. So, I mean, having more hands. I mean, you. We've been to a handful of practices that they've let us in to watch. There is. There's far more. There's. There's two staff members seemingly in the in grad assistants and uh, that for every one player. I mean, there is just people everywhere. Uh, there's. I think there's 13 student managers or something like that. I mean, so there are guys everywhere. So there's not a lack of uh, people to do the things that the head coach needs. That's for sure. And. Uh, I'm glad it, you know things are working out for some of these former hogs. And that's going to do it for your hog update this morning. Brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. So it's your favorite day of the year. What is that? It's National Parents as Teachers Day. Which I know Matt National Parent Do what now? Parents as Teachers Day. Parents as Teachers. Okay. So I know your favorite. Ooh day of the year because you get to teach your kiddos the math that they're learning in school which nope. are so so up to date nope. nowadays i'm telling you some of this math i mean yeah. good thing you got google i don't understand and some of this stuff i understand it's the analytical critical thinking and it's the way you're wiring your brain to think about numbers and why they do it that way but some of this stuff it's over the top yeah i mean are they ever going to really use that i mean if i'm going to be an engineer fine you know, but when we go to college, we can learn some of that. I know you got to get a foundation and expose kids to things to see what they like and what, what they're going to be good at. But but I need to know what X plus 2 plus ZY, you know, uh, any, I can't even say it. It's so complicated. Um, then, then I'll Google it. <laughs> I would say a, a beef of mine is in high schools and colleges across campus that there's not more financial curriculum to the idea of financial wealth yeah, building. I, I think we're getting closer because like uh, we're getting uh, getting to a point where, you know, there's more in uh, in 
Springdale, they got the Don Tyson School of Innovation. I'm going to be talking to some students there tomorrow that uh, in their broadcast deal, but they've got a variety of ones. In Fort Smith, they got the Peak Innovation Center where they're teaching a variety of skills and trades. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's a different, it, it's preparing people for life. And I think we are leaning a little more to that in, in our high schools now. Well, the and, other, and, and exposing them to things they may be passionate about. You know, another beef of mine is it seems like the more money that I try and make, the more that's taken away from me. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how that works as well. Yeah. The incentive just gets shot to you know where mm-hmm. when it comes to certain aspects that I'll never understand that. You get to, to that pay point. taxes on the money you earn, then you pay taxes on the money you spend, and then when you die, they want to take half of it for death tax. And then, oh, by the way, if you own a home or car, they're going to tax you on that every year for property tax too. So they tax you when you earn it, tax you when you spend it, tax you... Uh, when you have stuff too, it's part of it. That's Ugh. a beef of not just this week, but I think every single day for every one of us listening right now. So, guess that's just uh, something we have to deal with at this point. I know I'm not going to be able to fix it. That's for dang sure. So, but that uh, I, I found that interesting. That again, it is parents as teachers day to day. I don't think I could pass. I could pass some sort of history. I don't know if I could pass math, science, or English today. I know I couldn't pass English. Y'all hear me every. Did you day. ever pass English? Yeah. I got a B in comp one and comp two at the <laughs> University of Arkansas. Glad you had someone to cheat off of. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. You brought something up in the first hour, but they're potentially being more pressure on Kenny Guyton this weekend than there is for Sam Pittman. And, and I, I think it may be more important or pressure, however you want to define yeah, it. And I don't know if I'd push back too much on that because of the idea of him going from a position coach to a coordinator, which is very much in the mix, according to Sam Pittman. And There's a big opportunity ahead for him these next three yes, weeks. Yes, he does. You think about having Rocket Sanders back for last game, you get Rashad Dabinion back for this game after his it's grandmother's funeral this, this past weekend, so hopefully for the Dominion family, um, everything is okay there. Uh, the the opposite of that, though, doesn't sound like you're going to have Patrick Kudis with that high ankle sprain. Doesn't sound like you're going to have Ty Washington, who's going to be out for the year with that dislocated shoulder. And I know what Coach said about Andrew Armstrong being fine. It's one thing to be fine for Liam Lady. This I don't think he's going to play on Saturday. I mean, dude, dude couldn't move against Florida. And I know guys respond differently to headaches, concussions, whatever. I would just, I, I don't expect your best wide receiver to be in this game against the Tigers. So that being said, as excited are you about to get Dominion back? You lost three key pieces there. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to use the success against the Gators and play for the first time all season good at home offensively. I, that offensive line situation concerns me. And I know Tyke Crawford stepped in Devin Manuel hasn't been right 
all year long consistently. Kutas is out. I didn't write down. He, he gave us kind of the, the rundown yesterday or in his Monday session when yesterday was Monday about kind of where they're going to go left to right. So, so Devin, uh, what they said is Shambly and, um, or Devin's going to probably be on the left. And then right. Shambly, if there was a rotation there, would uh-huh. help out with Crawford. But Crawford will probably start at right tackle. Yeah. So, I mean, said. And the, the, the interior will stay the same. So, you've got to, uh, you got to believe that's going to cause a problem. Now, Tyke's Crawford, it's his time. I mean, he's he's been around forever up there, and it's, it's time for him to, you know, step up and make the most of the opportunity. Cody from Lavaca texted on the McCarty Daniels hotline. How many tight ends are we going to have to go through this year? You lose your basically what looked to be a freshman All-American in Luke Haz out for the season. Ty Washington, who stepped up out for the season, it looks like. So you're now down to, just to rattle them off, you got Francis Sherman, Nathan Bax, Varkis Gums, uh, I think Lassiter, and then he mentioned Shamar Easter. Doesn't sound like, though, that I don't that's think those be, guys are going to get off the yeah, game. It, they're no, the P-Squad. That's kind of the, the setup what you have at the, the tight end position at this point. It's just a, it's a little different of a drop up. And I was, I was kind of curious, like you bring in gums and you got the, the two other freshman tight ends, but that's been the biggest position you got hurt at this year. Yeah. And Luke Haas, that was a, that was a big loss for this team. And does that mean that there's maybe less of a game plan for the tight end and catching passes? Does that mean you put your blocking tight end more to help protect? I I, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting thing to, to maybe watch and how that develops this week against Auburn. Yeah, if you've got some thoughts on the Arkansas offense, you can jump in with us on the McCarty-Daniel hotline like Brian in Fort Smith has done this morning. Brian, welcome into the program, man. Yeah, what's my beef is going to be the game day experience. Um, went to the basketball game against Alcorn State, bought the tickets on the secondary market. You're going to spend about 150 bucks, But I spent... Three hours wait, trying wait, to figure wait. out. It, it, was, it cost you one fifty for the Alcorn State game for three tickets. Yeah, oh, okay, they're about okay. fifty apiece. Got gotcha. you. Okay. So, right. so I'm taking my four year old granddaughter, my five year old grandson. It's gonna be the first time we're going to the basketball game. But I'm an average Joe. I don't have a parking pass. Um, spent three hours on the internet trying to figure out where you can park and what shuttle services you're going to get. Apparently, you cannot be anywhere on campus uh, for the most part. Called you know the the transit and the parking, they have no idea where you can park to go to the game. So I ended up having my 21-year-old daughter drive us to the game so they could drop us off closer to the stadium. She has to spend two hours in the parking lot at McDonald's waiting for the game to end to come back and pick us up because they never could figure out the parking situation. And then I'm a 47-year-old male with a four-year-old daughter that, or granddaughter that needs to go to the bathroom. There's no family uh, bathrooms. We got lucky a lady allowed us to go downstairs to the museum and use a private bathroom. Uh, so we got lucky there. You spend $26 for two popcorns and a Coke. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go back. I mean, uh, the fan experience at home where I have my own bathroom, I have my own fridge, I got a 70-inch TV, I can listen to commentators and have instant replay. That seems the way to do it going forward. Just did not have a great time. It was a good game. We had fun watching it, but the whole experience and the stress of the parking and the bathrooms and everything else was yeah. uh, was a lot. Man, you- I feel you on that bathroom thing. I, my kids are a little past that now, but Brian, I've, I've been there. I feel for you, buddy, on that deal. What's uh, Where'd you sit, Brian? Did you have adequate seats uh, for 50 bucks a pop? Yeah, we did. We were in the lower level, and it wasn't bad. I mean, honestly, they had some tickets up in the upper decks around 206 for about $10 a piece, but, I mean, you were actually up in the rafters. But I've got to tell you, I don't feel I'm the only one that feels this way because 
from what we're told, season tickets are sold out. So there's supposed to be 19,000 people in that stadium. I bet there was 9,000. There was 10,000 people that decided not to go. Well, Brian, you're never, and we appreciate your call. We'll go over a couple of your yeah. beefs. You're never going to have 19,200 show up for Alcorn State. No one knows who the coach is. No one knows who the players are. It doesn't matter if your team's number one. It doesn't matter if your it's team's It's Monday night. Right. It's Monday yeah. night. Yeah. Like, that's just not going to happen. To your other beefs, though, I would guess, now I haven't seen the plans, but I would guess in the, what we expect, Bud Walden renovations, maybe you uh, send an email over to Hunter and the guys, because that could be something, again, the bathroom situation there isn't great. I'm not a huge fan when I walk into a urinal and there's no uh, dividers. Divider. I, yeah. I've never, I've never been a big fan of that. There's no dividers there. I've never had to deal with the family bathroom aspect that you're talking about. But I would guess, like you said, you're not the only parent or grandparent that's aired that grievance. Parking is bad on game days traditionally, but usually there's people out selling parking, right? I guess Monday night wasn't a big enough game to. I've got a to warrant that. Well, I mean, you're, how are you going to find that on the? Internet. I I, I I feel for Brian there because I, I in football you just park. You don't have a parking pass. You go down to Bomb and you park and they shuttle you yeah. up. I I don't know where you park. Fayetteville High School. That's the uh, for everyone listening. The best yeah, way. But, to- but where's you know in football there's free parking for fans that don't have a pass. I don't know that there's any organized yeah. free parking that they will shuttle you to Bud Walton because lot forty four in front of the Broil Center is now permit parking everything on campus is permit 56 is really one of the bigger lots that probably hold more season ticket holders so um you know brian has a legitimate complaint there okay well hey uh, athletics department listening figure it out you know, got, and i don't yeah i'm sorry big C. go ahead i've just got a beef okay the purdue game i went to the game parked in lot 56 i know it was a huge game and all but man, if you leave when everyone leaves, uh, well, it's just it is it. a nightmare getting out yeah. of there. I mean, it's 56 like fifty-six can get snarled up. Yeah, oh my. But they do a pretty decent job of having Fayetteville or campus police, some of both, that you know, do that. Try to try to get through that you're, fifty-six. You're, I mean, yeah, there's better, closer lots, and yeah, I hear you on that. You're right. Uh, same way for football. It's like Tetris. Um, Everybody's trying to well weasel, weasel in. You got to be like Chevy Chase. You got to be Clark Griswold. You got to park. Where it's smart to get out, not where it's convenient when you go in. That's a good point. So when you go into 56 there at the corner of MLK and Razorback, across from the uh, the chick fil there, you uh, you got to think about your exit strategy more than, hey, what's convenient right now for me to get yes. uh, closest exactly. to the arena? Here's, Brian, if you're looking for some pre-parking, brother, uh, I have one of my, probably my best friend used to live kind of parallel to Bud Walden. We actually had a house. 30 yards from Bud Walden at one point is fantastic. But the roads behind like the intramural fields and oh, there, there's parallel parking at some point. If you're trying to look for a free place, uh, now you're not going to get shuttled. You're still going to have to walk. There are some roads that you can park on the side of the road if you're looking for yeah. free parking. Parking you pay for, Fayetteville High School. Go to the stadium shop on Razorback Park with Robert. Um, but in terms of the free parking aspect, I, I'm going to be honest. It's more organized than football. Yes, no question. With the But you, there's a bigger crowd. Yes, and maybe... Maybe it'll be one of those things for conference play uh, Hey, implement something, but I don't know. Hey, this is a, pr- a good problem because you haven't had to worry till the last couple of years about parking issues for basketball. Just hadn't been a problem. You know, there's been times they don't even put people out there watching the lots where you're supposed to have a permit because it's not overflowing. It's not, it's not full. They haven't used 44. 44 used to be free parking, but now they need it. Oh, and for, for sales? Yeah, for, well, okay. for, for people, because there's a minimum of what you donate to get your parking pass with your tickets. So, um, Brian's, 
Brian's got a legitimate point. This hasn't been a problem. And, and, and with the secondary market, because they, the parking passes are not electronic. I mean, we, you have a physical paper, cardboard pass you hang in your windshield. So I hear what he's saying. There's, there's no good organized way to do that other than physically when you, you know, if I sell you my tickets, I have to see you to give you my parking pass. And that's the other thing is as much as this university here in Fayetteville has gone digital, the parking pack aspect to me, because Chiefs game was digital for me. Uh, no, just- two of the f- two, two or three of the five SEC games for me were digital passes yeah. that I showed the attended that is surprising that they haven't moved to that well from a parking standpoint because you always talk about the convenience aspect yep. that's convenient yep yep so but that also means you got to equip all of your parking lot attendants with some way to scan them you got to equip your uh, parking lot attendants uh you got to make sure every lot is then manned so you, it, it it also makes it also limits your uh it also requires you to have the manpower to do that as well you know at a place like arrowhead there's only so many ins and outs there if you go to Arlington to Cowboy Stadium, I mean, you know, for what they charge, you can afford to do that. Yeah. So. Bart from Rogers talking about the parking situation as well. He's got two young boys that had to walk a good chunk uh, during the cold, and his apparently his son just kept saying, "Daddy, I'm cold." Well, cold on Monday? You went cold on Monday? No, no, no. This was uh, not oh. not this game, but a game. Uh, I think he said last December is what yeah. he was saying at this point. Mitchell Fort Smith has a beef on the ticket price. He brought two tickets. The LSU came in Mark's section 105, $413. Yeah. Guys, I got, listen, I got, I got a morning rush listener that spent $800 a ticket for the Duke game. He said it's the best. He's hoping it's going to be the best investment he ever made. Ooh. Those ticket prices for basketball are not going to go down at any Man. point because as you brought up, 19,200 yep. tickets have been sold. The demand is as high as it's ever been. And it's not going to change anytime. Yeah, before. and I, you know, you know, I, I just hate it. We we couldn't connect Brian with someone that wanted to get rid of their tickets cheaper than that because you know we we gave you know we had some tickets we just gave away and uh, didn't have any problem finding users for them. But I just hate Brian had to spend you know 150 for three seats. But man, I feel him on that bathroom thing. You get to that age four, five, six where you know there, there's a point where you can take your your small child into the. If you got a daughter, you take them into the, the men's bathroom, use one of the stalls. But you get to an age where, hey, I don't want to be taking my my yeah. kid into the to a place like that to the yeah. bathroom. So, I mean, I I've never looked for the family bathroom at, at the arena, but I you know I'm glad he found someplace because that is a tough deal. And, and then what do you do with the other? I mean, if you got two with you, I hey, I've been there. What do you do with the other one? They and we all got to go to the bathroom. I'm trying it, to. It's, th- it's just part of it. In one I don't know what my dad. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, man. It, that's that's a hard deal there. I don't know what my dad and my grandpa used to do with me and my brother when we were that age. Found you a tree, probably. I guess. Um, I've uh, that was. Oh, well, it's easier with boys, man. When I have to take my young daughters to the bathroom in that situation, yeah. that that's where it's just awkward and feels weird that I'm taking this five or six year old girl into the bath. I mean, when they get to that point where you can, all right, go in there on your own. I'm gonna stand outside the door. That that is a. Uh, Great day. That's a great day. Yeah, when you're going somewhere with that. That's why mama always has to go. Anywhere we're going at that age, mama's going with me. My favorite thing as a kid was peeing off my parent or my grandparents' deck in Rogers, Arkansas. I felt exhilarating. I mean, it was just one of the most of glorious things. Huh? There's this uh, there's this picture, this iconic picture that my mom took of my brother and my cousin Brandon, and all are just bare bottoms, just peeing <laughs> off the my, my my grandpa and grandma were very strict, as a lot of older generations are. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad but that was the one thing that i was always surprised that they let us do and it was just so awesome there is nothing like listen 
as males, we have the luxury of at times being able to do wisdom on a golf course and in the in the wilderness is one of the best experiences about being a male. Well, say you about know, 99% of males in Arkansas or anywhere in the South have, have done that outside. Yeah. Freedom's being able to pee off your back porch. Liberty is being able to pee off your front porch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in a place for about three years where I, there wasn't a neighbor within a, you know, a, a mile of us. No one could see us. So, I mean, you know, the, go outside. The, it, the it, toilet go, is just so confining. Yeah. It's too small. Real freedom is peeing off your front porch. I want to be able yeah. to spray and pray everywhere. And <laughs> Water the bushes. Um, oh, but uh, I don't know how we got here. But uh, yeah, family bathrooms. Got to have them in the in the renovated arena. So, And, and Ty wants the, the urinal dividers. Yeah, I, don't, I just feel uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like that. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I just don't like what that. What you want to do, like when you end up where Brian's at, you need to know somebody. I don't have... I, I don't prefer I actually to sit in the suites very often at Bud Wong. You don't have a great sight line to the game. Yeah. But, man, if you know someone and you can use their can, man, that's great because they all got private bathrooms in those uh, suites. So just knowing someone with a suite for a, for a halftime beer and a halftime whiz, man, that's great. I've, I've been fortunate where I've gotten to sit in a basketball or football suite. I will go. If I have to blow it up, I'll go to a public <laughs> bathroom because I feel so bad about Thank you doing that to a that suite because yeah. it's just it's not cordial. It's not respectful. I'll blow up the public one. I won't blow up the sweet mm. one. And please don't tell us what you mean by blowing it up either. I think people have a pretty uh, yeah. well, pretty we'll just good idea We'll just at that leave point. it there. Muss was talking with Chuck last night on Eric Musselman Live at Sassy's, and uh, Chuck was joking with him a little bit. Hey, how many, how many shoes you got, Coach? Here was his answer. We have a lot of shoes. I was going to say, you got a lot of them. I, I actually love last night's. Clint at Southern Trend paints them for me. Yeah. And I thought I did a super job last night. And we'll have a military themed shoe on Friday. And he does a great job. It is Military Appreciation Night in uh, Bud Walton Arena yeah. this weekend. And uh, excited for all the, the guys and gals that serve in the armed forces, serve in the armed forces, or playing on to at some point. I know it's something that they're on. A, and I didn't know. Uh, Denage Harris, his father, I think was I think Muss and them were talking about last night. He served in the military, so that was a it's a cool cool moment for him as well. My wife's painted some shoes with some hogs and stuff on it, so maybe she maybe I need to get. I think Musselman said the night he's eight and a half. Maybe uh, maybe she needs to paint up Coach Muss some shoes and send up there. That'd be pretty cool. How many shoes I counted? I actually counted the pair of shoes when I'm listening to Muss. Like how many shoes do I own? I own ten pairs. I own. Oh, I threw away. Uh, a couple weekends ago, had a closet cleaning when the weather was bad that day, watching uh, the Purdue game. I think I threw away 30-plus pairs of yeah. shoes. I have three pairs of boots, my grandpa's old boots, duck hunting boots, and my nice Tony Lamas. Two outwear shoes, a workout shoes, my Oklahoma City Thunder house shoes. We really didn't need the inventory. My chocolates and flip-flops. Not a, probably half. I don't even wear half. Yeah. And dress shoes, too, for all the weddings I go to. Got another shoot this weekend. <laughs> Man, investment. New Orleans wedding. I bought, I bought, I bought new golf shoes and some. See, some, I don't have golf like shoes. Dress shoe. We got to get you some dress shoes. What, what size you wear? Nines. Uh, I got some tens I just give you. But uh, I get, work are right they now. golf shoes or are they? Yeah. Okay. We'll see if I can I fit a couple pair of tens I just give you. I doubt they help. Let's be honest. Let's be perfectly blunt about that. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. 
Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.